You're listening to Pod of Wonder, the podcast that builds a world using random Wikipedia articles and then plays a game in that world. This season, it's divine felines and canines, a pantheon where every god is either a cat or a dog, metaphorically speaking. Hello, Wanderers. We interrupt your regularly scheduled Season 9 finale programming in order to bring you an important bulletin. I recently sat down to talk with Kat about the Solo But Not Alone 3 RPG bundle. We go over a lot of stuff in our chat, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it at the top. But long story short is that you can get nearly 150 one-player RPGs for $10, with the money going toward Jasper's Game Day, an organization that aims to prevent suicide through education, outreach, and support. You can find the bundle on itch.io. It'll also be linked in our show notes, and on our Twitter at Pod of Wonder, and on Cat's Twitter at CatlingGun. The bundle is only running until March 31st, so get it now before it's over. So help out some people in need, help out yourself, and enjoy the show. Like, if I wake up at 5.30 and I don't stay awake, who knows? Who knows when I emerge? (laughs) It is a mystery. I enter a coma. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm of of a of a similar sort. Granted, not not that early, but mm. just through like frequent cat botherings and and work and stuff, I find it difficult to like sleep in past eight o'clock. Yeah, but like on the on the rare occasions that I do, like I go like go back to bed, I just wake up like ten thirty eleven ish. I'm like, why? I've lost so much daytime. Where did it all go? I needed that. Yeah. I'm overscheduled like a suburban middle schoolers. I needed that date. I've got soccer practice and flute lessons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then my little sister has girl guides. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. you, you've got an, an actual full schedule today, it sounds like. You've, oh, boy. Th- this is one of several uh, promotional podcast things you're doing. Actually, this is the only promotional podcast thing I'm doing. I've just got games with friends for the rest of the day. But I oh, it, those, okay. I also take those seriously in my scheduling because I love my friends. They're cute. Yeah, absolutely. You should. And I, I think that's a very relieving thing then because like whenever I play games, I, I just sort of innately wonder like, who like, could I be recording this? Like, why is this for? <laughs> and, and, and I have to be like, no, no, just like this can just be okay. for fun. Like. <laughs> Let's have the moment where we're one, not public-facing people. Yeah, one of them is actually technically prep for an AP because it's uh-huh. my, it's going to be my first time running an AP for a game I didn't write. Oh, so cool. one of my players has a lot more experience with this game and is running kind of a mini campaign so that I can get used to the rules before I take the helm. Nice. What's the game? Um, Animon Story. I don't believe I know that one. It is by Zach Baru. Zach B free on uh, on Twitter and it is I mean it's meant to capture the kind of like 90s kids and monsters genre of anime and video games oh this looks cute the biggest one is Digimon which I don't know literally dick about but, <laughs> um but it's also coming from a place of like monster rancher and Pokemon which were my childhood mm-hmm. so i'm i'm so excited yeah i i remember i was a fan of monster rancher and monster rancher oh always felt like the third tier sorry somebody remembers monster monster rancher i love oh, games. Yeah. i love monster rancher monster hunter and monster pocketer and those are my favorite games um mm-hmm. 
but I have always adored Monster Rancher and nobody knows about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't like nearly as kind of cutesy in, no. in some of the character designs as the others. Like their mascot was a giant eyeball, like bouncing on a tail yeah, and was bright was, yellow. Yeah. Why is Swayze on their mascot when Mochi's right there? Uh huh. <laughs> I like, don't get it. <laughs> like everyone else is doing, like, oh yeah, cute yellow mouse, uh, like little yellow dinosaur. Like no big no. eyeball, eyeball man, but also yellow. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of important for us to know, I guess. Yeah. One time I was playing Monster Rancher and I was raising this Naga and every other day he'd be like, can you enter me in a tournament? I want blood. And I'm like, <laughs> bud, we just won a tournament. He's like, I want to fight. And I just, I loved that Naga. He was my uh-huh. favorite. <laughs> he, was, he was just pleading with me to let him spill the blood of other monsters. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, I want to, I want to p- capture that in this game. <laughs> That's delightful and horrifying. Nine out of 10 monsters I raise are pixies because I just love them. But uh, then I raised a Naga and I got to tell you, they have personality. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Very driven, it sounds like. Ambitious, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Love it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. promotional business Promotional stuff. business. Basically like we've been doing, but we'll talk about role-playing games instead. Like, I, I've got a few, like, the kind of cliche questions that you'll probably have or will continue to answer dozens of times oh, over over the course of this, but... Every time. Uh-huh. I don't care. Every time. Every time somebody asks me the basic questions, I'm happy to answer them genuinely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always a delightful conversation that spirals out of the boilerplate questions. Yeah. So, I mean, and besides, somebody's hearing it for the first time. Exactly. And, unless there's somebody who's like just tracking you down, like following you from like podcast to stream. Like, what's Kat going to say this time? They better. <laughs> okay. Well, they probably not, but they better. But you know what? Should should such a a diehard cat fan exist, this this one's for you. We're gonna get real real yeah. deep into the boilerplates, hit all the greatest hits of RPG podcasting. Absolutely, greatest hits. Let's do it. Let's party. Cool. Um, so I'm a fan of the big hype introduction. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want me to, to hit as I introduce you? What should I introduce you as? I am the award-winning host king of the podcast, Sort of Symphonies. So that's kind of my go-to. Host king? Host king. I recommend to every podcaster that they redefine what helming a podcast can be called. Okay. I am a I am a TTRPG writer of I don't want to say some renown, virtually no renown, but I've done a lot of them anyway. Mm-hmm. And I am the the bundler behind uh, Solo but Not Alone three. Im- imaginary drum roll. Mm. Uh, oh, I, I guess I lead into the podcast itself as if half of this audio isn't going to go into the the front beforehand anyway. Pot of Wonder special interview edition. Longtime listeners will know that we are big fans of the large charity bundles that pop up from time to time, and also uh, of one-player RPGs. And today we are going to be chatting with the organizer of the Solo But Not Alone 3 bundle, 
a a 149 item bundle of one player uh, RPGs and uh, world building games and experiments and stuff. You may know them as the host king of the Sword of Symphonies, the brain trust behind Peach Garden Games, the creator of I Came Here to Win, a a high-stakes reality TV show RPG that uh, inspired one of the games we made for a previous season. It's Cat. Hi! I'm here! I'm here, I'm excited! I am the award-winning host, King! I don't know how it happened, but it did, so I'm going to yell about it. When you are a host king, accolades just sort of fall into your lap. Oh, you I know, don't know. Awards, was... honorary doctorates. Am I allowed to swear? Oh, absolutely. Oh, wonderful. Because uh, here's what happened. I was at this very fancy dinner at the New Jersey Web Festival for the awards ceremony, and I'm sitting there with some absolute luminaries, my beloved Kendo, the wonderful Jeff Stormer sitting across the table from me. Mm. And they get to best GM in an actual play podcast, and my name comes up, and the words that come out of my mouth are, what the fuck? (laughs) And then I've got to limp up to the stage because my heel is broken. Oh, no. my shoe. And I'm like, I'm taking my time. My heel's broken. I get up, I grab the mic, I point. I'm like, how dare all of you? Like, (laughs) (laughs) it was the absolute least dignified way anyone's ever accepted an award. And I'm so (laughs) proud of it. I, I, one, I'm, I'm certain that they would not give it to you if it were not deserved. Uh, <laughs> two, you, you can't just give everything to Jeff Stormer. Mm. The, the, I, the Philly area podcasting scene is, is small but rough, and yeah. Je- Jeff is to, what one of many. I made it, I made it clear to everyone that if I lost Best GM to Jeff two years in a row, there would be violence, and I didn't. Oh. Uh, it was just the first year, so. Uh huh. Okay, so maybe there was that sort of threat lingering in the back of their minds. <laughs> Almost certainly, that's what did yeah. it. <laughs> Look, broke, broken heel or not, there might be some flipped tables, there, there might be some, uh, like, drinks thrown in faces. Oh, yeah, I'll I'll do a ballroom blitz. <laughs> I'll do it barefoot if I have to, I'll, I don't care. Genuinely, though, fantastic, fantastic person. And mm-hmm. Yeah, an absolute, do- absolute doll, delightful. I, the the nicest person. My my yeah. arch rival, but really, yeah, like kind of kind of everybody's arch rival in a way that hmm. would would feel bad if he weren't just the nicest person. You can't respond to somebody who has forced himself to become synonymous with the Pagliacci joke. Uh huh. With anything but rivalry. Yeah. I mean, just <laughs> if he could do that, just think of what else he could do if he put his mind towards something like besides an ancient bit about a clown seeing a doctor. <laughs> Maybe beat the, the me world for would two years running and not just one. Mm-hmm. He picked a banger. What can I say? Anyway, so we uh, we we promised some some boilerplate questions. So. Before we we get into a 30-minute commercial for a bundle, let's get into a 15-minute commercial about yourself. (gasps) So, the biggie, the oldie, the goodie, how did you get into role-playing games? I had a friend in middle school who loved Dungeon Dragon and had been playing it for ages and just really wanted to play Dungeon Dragon with his friends, so he taught D&D to everyone within arm's reach. 
me, my sister, everyone we knew at that middle school, he made sure to play D&D with. Not all of us stuck with it. My sister only role plays when I bully her into it now, but Uh-huh. And it wasn't just D&D either. We made characters, oh. but we never got to play in Palladium's uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other strangeness. Oh, I have also made a character but never played that game. Okay, what what was your character because mine was a porcupine assassin who like threw quills at people. Yeah, so so what we did when we made characters, maybe it, you may have done this or not, but we randomly rolled all all the tables. <laughs> That's maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what they're there for. <laughs> and so what I ended up playing was a a hummingbird type creature with uh, with gills and hands and a like a larger than normal face. And I could generate an electric field. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like I'm just looking through the, the Discord oh. channel where we only made characters. Oh, that's Palladium, baby. Oh, yeah. yes. Oh, I love yeah, that. Well, one of the other players was basically just a normal horse that had a human face. Yes. Oh, beautiful. Because I we didn't roll when we were doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but we have randomly rolled characters in another Palladium game, Heroes Unlimited. Oh, <laughs> that game is bananas. Yeah. And you got a random roll because it's it's so fun. Uh-huh. It's so silly. Yeah. If, if nothing else, those games and their random tables are great fodder to carry over to other things. Like just yeah. the sheer weirdness that results and then having to backwards justify why this creature exists when it is a blight to nature Palladium, now that I'm kind of a, a more mature game designer, Palladium is a wonderful little thought exercise in like, would we consider Palladium a good game? <laughs> By metrics mm. that we usually apply to games, no. No. It's not balanced. The rules are hard to read. The material's really opaque and real like there's no unifying vision. It's just kind of a mess. Yeah. But it's delightful. And if a game is delightful, can you really say it failed? I, I think it's it's definitely a product of a a specific era of games and game publishing. Mm-hmm. Like modern thought experiment games are like, oh, it's like a, a two-page lyric game about, you know, being sad about about this thing or like trying to embody this experience, but Palladium Games is a a 300 page like hardcover like dozens of different kinds of settings and licensed products yeah. as a thought experiment because that's what you could get away with doing in the 80s. Yeah, it's so chaotic and that chaos is so beautiful. But you also got to think about like 80s media and how kind of big and flashy was the prevailing aesthetic at that time? Yeah. And like Palladium fits right in there. Palladium is big and flashy and full of very dramatic powers and mm-hmm. chaotic circumstances. And it's hard to get your brain around and it's completely wild, but it's delightful. And I will defend it because it's delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, as as a concept, maybe not necessarily a, a playable game. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. That's but, that's a good yeah, distinction. Yeah, yeah. You use the tables, roll them up, and then go play those characters in like maybe not masks, but like one of the new like more streamlined Marvel systems, not the old weird Marvel system. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the same group also uh, introduced me to Vampire, mm. and I'm I'm eternally grateful for that because Vampire really left a mark on me as a designer. It was the first non-D&D game I ever actually like sat down and played before we even picked up Heroes Unlimited. And I spent the whole time being like, games can do this. Like, I was so used mm-hmm. to D&D where it's like, climb is a strength check. Mm-hmm. Perform is a charisma check. And then you play Vampire and you're like, I want to use like intelligence performance to, uh, to maybe like see what I know about this play. Or like... Um, I want to use a physical stat with my social skill to just bully somebody. Mm-hmm. And the ability to describe different approaches by freely combining them is something I almost always include in games now because yeah. it was such a revelation to me as a teenager. Oddly enough, Vampire was one of the also one of the first non-D&D RPGs mm-hmm. that I became aware of. I never did play. I I bought one of the books that I think at the time I thought was like the GM guide for it, but I think it was just a book of like lore about the setting and all the different clans and, and so on. So yeah, like Eve. So I I could not have played it even if I had wanted to without buying at least two more books, which, you know, apply to D and D as well. But just being as as a a readable book it was so entertaining to me like how they they went so deep into the lore and like how all of these these different sort of clans are interacting with each other and they have like all these stories about their histories yeah and like e- even if i never played it like reading the book felt like playing in a way mm, cuz vampire unlike D&D especially in the 90s had a very definitive mood and vibe and really mm-hmm. focused a lot of effort on carrying that mood and vibe through, which was also a revelation if to somebody who was used to Dungeon Dragon, mm-hmm. which like, I don't want to say it's atonal because obviously everything has a tone, everything has a vibe, but like D&D didn't put its tone first. No. In the same way that Vampire did. Yeah, like something that I have have seen said a lot and repeated a lot myself is that D&D feels almost generic in a way, like even beyond the like generic fantasy, it just feels generic in that like the rules don't really do anything to like enforce any kind of tone or mm. like any idea about what you're doing in the game, like even if the the point of the game is to go out and and like do violence and get treasure and explore things like the rules don't do anything with that it's right like it all kind of falls upon like roll a die hope it's a high number if it is you did the thing yeah like it, it doesn't examine the things that it's having you do in any way there's kind of two uh two sides to that as far as because like on one hand i like when a game is itself Mm-hmm. And when a game is uh, telling you what it is and communicating a tone and a style, 
so that you can cultivate a vibe and an experience that's been kind of crafted for you. I love that. Right. Exactly. But at the same time, I don't think there's anything wrong with a game being like, hey, pick your own one. Pick your own vibe. These are the rules you use to hit orc with hammer. The vibe is up to you. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. think there's anything wrong with that. I think it does mean that D&D is really uncritical of the violence and the way the violence is used because it's getting out of the way of tone mm-hmm. in a way that is a focus of a lot of criticism these days that I don't necessarily disagree with. Right. But I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with a a game that says bring your own tone. And to, yeah, to, to point to in the RPG Twitter's favorite D&D edition, 4th edition, I, I briefly played 4th edition as it first came out. And it did do a lot more with that kind of tone of like heroic fantasy, like outside of these kind of pockets of, of civilization, the world is a like a dangerous and unexplored place. And like you are, are far above the average person And so, you know, go out and do heroic things in the world. I also, I loved 4th Ed. (laughs) I I didn't play as much of it as I wanted to, but I did really Mm -hmm. like it. Yeah. You're right. It did have a more concrete vibe to it, didn't it? Mm -hmm. I mostly liked it because I never had to sigh and say, I guess I hit it with my sword on my turn. Yeah. I never had to do that. There was always a tactical decision on my plate every turn, Mm -hmm. which 3.5 doesn't give you. Like, yeah, and I, I could continue to go on with oh, this, yeah. but we, we, we absolutely do. Yeah, uh, <laughs> let's jump on to our, our next boilerplate type of question. How did you get into designing games yourself? Oh, this is a wonderful story. This is a wonderful story because my friend, Alex, who I have known since I was 10 years old, approached me one day when we were in, it was early high school, I think, and said, I had a dream. That 15 strength was plus five and not plus two. Mm. And I said, neat. And he was like, I think I'm going to write my own D&D rules. And I was like, neat. Proud of you. Do your best. <laughs> and then a couple weeks later, he came to me and he was like, okay. So our friend Sean is playtesting and he keeps doing this. And I have no idea how to make him stop. <laughs> <laughs> huh? And that became a running. C- <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, what if, what if the rules had this in it? And then it came, went from that to me being a playtester on this project, to me helping with a lot of design, to me and Alex, and then roping in, by the time we were in college, we roped in Kirsten, who's on sort of symphonies now. Our friend Dustin got roped in. Sean stuck around. History's greatest playtester. Absolute disaster, man. <laughs> and I just, I absolutely fell in love with it. I like from the moment I was making suggestions about how to stop Sean's many behaviors, uh, (laughs) the more I was like, no, actually this rules. Like I hadn't made the connection that the way the rules are written impacts the way people behave in the fantasy. Mm. And that concept was so magical to me that I got absolutely hooked on it. Uh So I was, I was doing that with my friends up until college I fell off it for a little while and then I was bored out of my tree at a surveillance job. And I was like, maybe it's time I did my own. And that's where Heroic Court came from. Cool. And then uh, during the pandemic, I really just absolutely ramped up because I fell in love with solo games. Mm -hmm. So that that really kind of 
really accelerated me. But it all started when Alex had a dream. Uh huh. So now whenever anything big or wonderful happens in my career, I make sure to buy Alex dinner because I'm, I'm grateful. Because mm-hmm. if he hadn't shared his dream with me, who knows, right? So did did anything ever come out of that uh, initial project that you were helping to play test? Does that exist in some form? No, no. Um, we did a failed Kickstarter because none of us knew the first thing about promotions. And they all uh-huh. left it to me. I love my friends, but they really love to just leave stuff to me. (laughs) It didn't go great. But Dustin is talking about doing another edition, and I genuinely hope he does, because I love Dustin's design work. Right now, he's mostly a film critic, I think. (laughs) Oh, uh the the kind of thing that gives you regular income, maybe. Well, no, his his actual thing is he's an electrician, but um, he's on the podcast For Your Consideration with our friend Mike talking about films. Oh, neat. But um, so I would love for our old project to be revived in this way. I don't know. The The magic of our old project was that like Alex very much comes from a and d space. He still plays a lot of D&D. Mm-hmm. And he also kind of has a kind of Palladium vibe in that he really wants his, at least when we were playing in high school and college, he really wanted games to just include everything. Very kitchen sink. Uh. Yeah. And Dustin's the same way. Dustin never saw a table he didn't like. It was infuriating when we were working together. <laughs> uh-huh. He's like, here's my here's my three pages of tables for stat increases and <laughs> in penalties as a creature changes in size. And I'm like, You're you're absolutely kidding me. <laughs> yeah. Not. As the person who's in charge of turning this into a manual, <laughs> no, <laughs> you're not. I won't <laughs> let you. <laughs> but um Dustin's ethos is very rational and thought out and measured and tested. He does a lot of spreadsheets. He's very thorough. It's beautiful. Uh Alex sometimes tends to over-design. And that was my response was always, always, even before I fell in love with indie games, more minimalist. So Mm. I was always the one being like, do we need this? Hey, do we need this? Or can we use another mechanic for this too? Uh (laughs) I was fighting at every angle to strip it down. So if I were the only one to revive it, it wouldn't be the same because I wouldn't be fighting anybody. Right. And like, that sounds like the kind of relationship where because everyone has these kind of different viewpoints and motivations, either like you end up with something really good, or it kind of ends up falling apart because there's too, too much competition going on. I think we did both. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it it doesn't have to be just one. I think we did something really good that we just could not continue. Uh Uh-huh. My favorite story about that design is that I had to fight tooth and nail so that Alex wouldn't include a mechanic that involved the player dividing by three. Oh. Right? Oh, no. That was my oh, no. response. I was like, sweetheart, nobody wants to divide by three. If you're going to include division, half, honestly, is where you should stop. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to do half. If you're very bold and your audience is very mathy, You can probably pull off a quarter, a third. Absolutely not. No one wants to do this. And this was before, uh, before cell phones were as smart or as widespread. Uh Nowadays, I probably wouldn't fight it as hard because people have calculators on their phone. But back in this day, absolutely not. And I was like, no, but like the number three is very important in this setting and in this rule set. 
thematically. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, I, mm-hmm. On one hand, I love that you think of gaming this way. I love that you think of this coherent whole with its recurring themes. That's beautiful, but absolutely not. <laughs> like, absolutely yeah. not dividing by three. And he put the mechanic in and after like a year of play testing, nobody even touched the mechanics that did it because we didn't want to. Uh-huh. And we argued about what this play test data meant. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. no, it's because no one wants to do it. Alex was like, no, I just need to make them more powerful mechanics. I'm like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> and it was probably the biggest fight we ever had <laughs> was over dividing by three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we absolutely fought like freaking animals. But mm. in the end, I'm really grateful to him. He's very dear to me. If you'd ask college me, I'd be like, nah, throw him off a bridge. He's driving me nuts. But, <laughs> but modern adult cat, treasured friend, one of the most important people in my history. Even if he does try to make you do math sometimes. He's trying to make me do math. Can't do that. A role-playing game? No way. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I'm in role-playing games to pretend to be an elf. So you, you did something that might have been an attempt at a segue that I shut down, and Ooh. you mentioned one-player RPGs. Oh, no, that, was uh, a, uh, that wasn't a segue. That was foreshadowing. Ah, uh, okay. Follow the clues, listeners. They will lead you to this point right now. You've got a big bundle of solo games that you've put together. I do. I do. I love solo games. Right now, and if you're listening to this between January 20th and March 31st, 2023, right now, uh, Solo But Not Alone 3 is live on itch.io. It is, this year's bundle has 148 different games in it for $10. There are 104 game designers who donated their work. These are all games that can be played alone, whether they're designed as solo games or whether they're like gm optional one player possible games the only rule is that a person can play it on their own and all of the proceeds go to jasper's game day a ttrpg centered uh nonprofit devoted to suicide prevention this is my third year doing it i love it it gets bigger every year it gets it stays beautiful it's always been mm-hmm. beautiful and Every year, the community comes together to help me do this. Designers donate their hard work and people donate their money, 10 bucks at a time. And podcasters have me on their shows and so do streamers and uh, journalists write about the bundle. And It's just everybody comes together to keep people alive. It's the most beautiful thing. Yeah, I do think that it's so impressive that that all of these with each of these bun- these charity bundles, they're always kind of rooted in like some motivating issue that like whether it's like uh, abortion rights or, or racial justice or suicide prevention, like they're rooted in something that we that is you know potentially very tragic for people. But mm. like seeing all of these people like willing to contribute their their money or their games or their time and attention, like. It makes you feel better about the world in ways that don't happen all that often. I remember once my dear friend Amber, the Space Jamber on Twitch and on Twitter. I remember Amber was doing a um, a charity stream 
And I said from chat several times, and I kept saying it, Amber, people are good. People are good. And it wasn't until they finally saw the total that they'd raised Mm. and they were absolutely moved to tears. And I remember them saying, you're right, Kat, people are good. (sighs) I firmly believe it. I really do. People are good at making excuses not to be good. I'm not going to say people always engage in good behavior, but the vast majority of people I've encountered, when presented with a way to help one another, they take it. Mm-hmm. I like that. I do, I do think people are good. That's um, part of why I'm so excited uh, about how well Solo But Not Alone does is because like, I am a person who has uh, just a lovely cornucopia of mental illnesses and uh, neurodivergence. And I got a brain on me. I really do. And I think it's very, very important to treasure people kind of as a concept. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things I want to do with Solo But Not Alone is to say to people on my Twitter feed or people listening to podcasts I guest on, or people who just happen to see the bundle while scrolling through itch that like, Somebody is pulling to keep you alive. This you probably don't even know. But like these 105, because the charity also has a project in the bundle, and the charity's definitely here for you. Mm-hmm. These 105 people want you to stay alive. They don't even know you, but they know the pain it would cause if you were gone. And they care and they want you to stay alive. I don't know if that means anything. It would mean something to me when I was when I was in a place that dark, but it's important to me that they know it. Yeah, and I think that's uh, a really beautiful way to put it. You know, superficially, like someone outside may be thinking that, they, oh, I I don't have any sort of like mental health issues. I I just want all these games like. Yeah, the the bundle is here for that. But yeah. oh, yeah. you know, for for people who who have their own struggles or you know may need to to turn turn to Jasper's game day someday for whatever reason, like this is like it's emblematic of the the support of a community and the support of strangers to to like you said say hey we we are here for you we want you to to get through this. Like Mm -hmm. we are here by your side. Absolutely. And the reason it's single player games. Oh, there's a lot of reasons because I'm in love with single player games. I'll sing their praises all day long. But a big part of the reason is that when I was at my most depressed and I really needed my D and D group, I was not willing to pick up my phone and tell them Mm. I, I was not willing to reach out to anybody a D&D game would have absolutely like really saved me from a lot of pain in those hours, but I could not reach out to people. But you don't have to to play a solo game. If you want to escape into another world, you can just pick it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can just pick up any of them. And so if you don't feel like you can reach out to your friends or you don't want to explain things to your friends or convince them to play a new game, you can just pick up something you can pick up the aforementioned amber's uh fire sauce fever dream and role play being in a taco bell in the 90s you don't have to tell anybody Mm -hmm. (laughs) you should tell amber though they'd be delighted (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got something I call the Sad Cat Survival Kit. Uh-huh. I've got a little box on the bookshelf in my bedroom full of things I might need when I am having a severe depressive episode. I've got candles. I've got incense. I've got a lighter to make sure I can take advantage of these because I'm, I'm a very kind of sense-oriented sense person. I don't want to say sensual because I'm ace, but like right. I love things that smell nice and things that feel nice. And I'm, I've got um, money in an envelope with a little card that says, Dear Sad Cat, you're allowed to order pizza. Oh. I've got a wonderful balm made of like cedar and juniper because like tree scents are supposed to be very good for depression i've got obviously i've got notebook dice and a stack of single player games to keep me company so that if i'm having a severe depressive episode i can crack open oh yeah i've got uh, canned coffee and i've got pringles just in case maybe the reason that i'm having an episode is that i haven't eaten uh-huh a way to kind of get some some sugar or some carbs into me. I've got two little two little tiny bottles of Baileys to put in the coffee because <laughs> I just I find Baileys and coffee very soothing, and it's only two tiny bottles. Uh huh. So there's not a worry of me going overboard because if I'm depressed, I'm probably not going all the way to my fridge. Right. But it's uh, solo games are just a wonderful addition to this little kit because they're just there. I can just sit there wherever I am and I can escape. I can play Cat Scratcher Studios Friendly Neighborhood Superhero, which is one of my all-time favorite games. And I can just escape into this little community where I play Jetpack Jeff and just have a good time. <laughs> so because I find them to be such good company, that's kind of why I wanted to do solo games for this for this bundle. Well, that's that's really cool. I, I, I think that's a, a very good idea to just create this sort of self-care kit with all of these these things that you know will, will make you happy or address some need that you might not know that you have. Yeah. And, and just something to like take you out of a moment and like put you in a different one where you're you know able to do different things and yeah. like just carry your way through. And it's not just for depression. I think everybody has got a version of themselves that can't take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Like my mom has an overwhelmed self that honestly could probably use a survival kit. Or like if you have a chronic illness, having a flare-up kit for things that will help you get through a flare-up mm. might be – it's important to take care of yourself, even the versions of yourself that can't. Like when you have the energy to take care of yourself in the future, mm -hmm. maybe your future self won't be able to. So like if you've, if you've got anything that renders you kind of out of commission, maybe make yourself a survival kit. I recommend it a lot. Yeah. It's like a, a present from your past self to your future self. Mm -hmm. Say, hey, I know at some point you're going to go through it here is something like for that time, like you, you are not always the person that you are in this moment. Right. Like, here's what I think you will need. And, you know, you get through this, we can refine it in the future if we need to, but. Exactly. Like the, the, the pizza note is very important because I have 
a real bad habit of denying myself things when I'm depressed. Yeah. So it was important to me to put a note in there that says, you are like, you are hereby authorized to order a pizza. This is money set aside for depressed cat to order a pizza. Yeah. Don't think about your budget. Just order a pizza. As a person who does something similar, like it's very much like important to to me to to know that hey like this is discretionary like you like treat yourself to this like don't don't worry about your money don't worry about your diet like this is something that you need it's okay to address your need without worrying about what it's going to do to you yeah 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 and i i often have to be told that <laughs> especially mm-hmm. when i'm down yeah and solo games are a an addition to mine. And I hope that uh, if you're going through something listener, that you find a solo game that can kind of take you out of that for a bit. And there's so many different kinds. Oh, there's so many, so many, like the, the sheer breadth of tones and subject matters. Like there are, there are soft and cozy games. There are like deeply emotional games. There are, there are literally games where you just make yourself tea and think about how that makes you feel. Yes. And there are like crunchy survival horror games. There's like literally something for everybody in this oh, bundle. Yeah. And Jasper's Game Day uploaded the spreadsheet, the Solo But Not Alone 3 glossary, containing the names of all the games, the genres, the summaries, and the equipment that you need to play them. So you can just scroll through that and find a game that suits your circumstances and your mood. Mm-hmm. I've got two in this year's bundle. I've got Apex Predator White Sky Reach, which is my uh, Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Um, that's that's what that uh-huh. is. If you've ever played my Apex Predator, White Sky Reach is the same thing, but cold. <laughs> <laughs> it's Iceborne. I don't have any qualms about that. I also wrote Descent in Silver and Glass, a moody tarot uh, kind of choose-your-own-adventure about being the heir apparent and undergoing this ritual to cleanse yourself of your inner darkness before you can take the throne. Oh. Which is uh, like a much darker and moodier game mm-hmm. than White Sky Reach, if that's your mood. Yeah. Like, there there are all sorts of, of games, like you said, and... I think that spreadsheet is incredibly helpful in terms of like tone and equipment. Like yeah. just scroll all the way down to the bottom of the bundle, like look through, like see what appeals to you, see what you need to play it. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, yeah. especially for like uh Jenga tower based games. There's a lot of alternatives online that exist for that. Like yes. if you don't, if you don't have a bunch of wooden blocks or you don't have the energy to put together a bunch of wooden blocks, there's like, there's, there's alternatives for that that you can find easily as well. Speaking of the wretched SRD. Uh-huh. This is when I learned what the TTRPG community is, really. Because I'd been part of it for a while. I'd been kind of an indie designer. I don't usually discourse because, honestly, I feel like <sighs> wow. I'm not affected a lot by a lot of the things that people discourse about. And so right. I like to leave the stage to the people who are more intimately affected. And also, I just don't really have it in me. But It's but, so much. Over so little. Over so little. So I wasn't a super active participant in the community. I was just kind of quietly working on my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I put together the first Solo But Not Alone. 
And a huge, huge chunk of the games in Solo But Not Alone 1 were Wretched SRD from the Wretched Jam. Mm -hmm. And a huge portion of the ones from Solo But Not Alone 2 were Carta games from my Carta Jam. Yeah. And that was when I was like, no, this is what the TTRPG community is. All these people came together because they were excited about an idea. They made small games. And then they were excited about helping people with those small games. So they all... They all put their games in there. And that was when I really got a handle for how much I love this community. Yeah. Seeing the huge amount of, of wretched games in in year one was just like, oh, these people are are coming together as a community. And it isn't just about like building a game based on a Jenga tower. This is something much deeper. Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out, uh, Wretched and Carta both have SRDs to them. So there's that kind of guidance from the designer, like, hey, you want to make this game. One, here's permission to do it. Two, here's how I did it. Like, if if you you want to do something, like, here are some, like, ideas to work off of. Here are themes. Here are, if, you know, you don't have to do things these way, but here's what I did. And, you know, you can do it, too. Mm-hmm. Absent any other current discourse about making things in other people's games, because, again, who has the, the mental space for it? Yeah. Just that there's there's that spirit of community, like you were talking about, like people want you to play their game, to make your own game. And so they they create these little guides that help you figure out how to do that. I was hugely inspired by the Wretched SRD because reading through it, I was like, oh, this is not just the rules stripped Mm -hmm. down. This is actual like guidance for how to do game. And so when I was writing Carta, I tried to do the same thing where I was like, any resources I can think of that will help a person write this style of game, I want to put it in here. Mm -hmm. I want to hold the person's hand. And there were several people in the Carta Jam who were writing their first ever TTRPG with the Carta system. And that was, Oh, that nearly made me do cry. And then to see those games in solo, but not alone too. It's like, no, you, you wrote your first ever game with the help of this system. And now you're selling your first ever game to help people stay alive. And that, that did make me do cry for real. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. (laughs) It's a genuinely beautiful thing. And like, um, one of the people, uh, Tally Winkle, is still writing games and has games this year too now um six trials of the weavers there are people who cut their teeth on carta who are now like repeat ttrpg designers still in solo but not alone with different projects oh i love it oh it's beautiful uh, oh, that's it really cool so yes. yes yeah i mean uh for for i guess listeners this is kind of a a very visual uh, type of, of description, but uh, you know the, the Carta system works by uh, laying out twenty four playing cards on a, a grid, and you start from one card, and then you move in in a direction towards the next card. Each card has a, a prompt associated with it. I think it's vaguely like a hex crawl, if people know what those are. I think that's more of like a, a fantasy adventure type thing. But, you know, the, the idea of a grid and you go to a grid and things happen is kind of the core of it. Mm-hmm. 
if if I can describe your own system. That's yeah, you've got a you've got a grid of cards and you move around them. If you've ever played the the board game Zombies or um Betrayal at House on the Hill is kind of in a similar fashion. Mm. Actually, it's it's very betrayal because I love betrayal. <laughs> but um and then yeah, each card kind of has its own prompt and it's the designer's choice whether you're looking for something or you're just kind of trying to keep your resources from dwindling. It's um, I first used it in the game um, Into the Glacier, which is a blatant fan game of the Great Glacier sequence from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> There's a card in which you literally pick up a materia. I did not describe it as such, but it was... There is a card that is the spirit hiding in the cave that gets mad at you if you talk to her after you have touched the hot spring. She's in there. Like, <laughs> it's very much, it's very, uh, it's its own thing. It's very fairy tale, but it's, it's Final Fantasy VII. And, um, <laughs> and then the second time I did it, I uh, reskinned that concept into Apex Predator so I could make a monster hunter game. Mm -hmm. You hunt the monster. And that's when I was like, okay, these are a thing. Maybe maybe this is the thing that I write the SRD for now that I'm kind of aware that they're a thing. People have used it to tell all kinds of stories. Uh, Dorka from the Eternity Archives used it to make a game about walking your dog. Oh. It's called Walk and Wag, and it's so good. It's so cute. Also from the Eternity Archives, Ziva did a uh, a game called Theme Park After Dark about going back into a theme park because you left something there. Oh, cool. Oh, that one's also very cool. The Carta Jam is full of exciting things. And if you bought Solo But Not Alone 2, there's a ton of exciting Carta games in there, too. It's it's a good time. Um, mm. This year, It's in the Vents by Big Gay Universe is in Solo But Not Alone 3. And that's a Carta game. Inspired by Alien. Ooh. So good. I love It's in the Vents. I really do. Because <laughs> it was from the Carta Jam. So I read all of those. Really, that must be really cool as a designer to like see so many people kind of building off of, of what you've made and like continuing to come in like year over year, putting out new things and like continuing to like contribute to this cause that you've uh, set up with this bundle. Yes. Oh, it's a delight and a half. It's the most beautiful feeling. Mm -hmm. It's the most wonderful thing I've ever done is solo, but not alone. And uh, I intend to continue doing it. Frankly, I don't intend to stop. It's too wonderful to stop. I, I know it was at times a headache for you <laughs> because. <laughs> oh, it's getting having to track my down. Emails. Yeah. We had to remake the bundle because we had five people who just never approved. And we were yeah. like, and then so I would I would get messages after we'd launched the bundle, like, hey, why isn't my game in here? It's like, champ, champ, you didn't approve. Mm -hmm. I pestered you on multiple platforms because uh the sign-up form contained like two means of communication for exactly this reason. Uh-huh. And so like I was before we launched, I was absolutely just foaming at the mouth with frustration yeah but then we launched and i was able to be like okay you know what let's just let's focus on the fact that we've launched let's not worry about what it took to get us here mm -hmm. although itch <laughs> please 
Itch, I'm begging you, please, please, there's got to be a better way to do a large charity bundle, Itch. And every year I email you, please, Itch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've i got a game in the uh, RPGs for trans rights in Texas bundle, which I think was being assembled in late October and it it still has not launched yet because of a lot of like back end itch stuff. Oh, yeah, same. I it's been so long since that I honestly forgot that I submitted something. Uh-huh. Yeah, like I think be like originally it was. Oh no, I'm sorry for the for the trans rights in Florida bundle. Like the the original uh, Texas bundle, I think got way bigger than anybody expected. So itch got a little bit upset at. Like how much, how much like that bundle was doing, mm. and so it, it took like the uh, uh, Rue, the organizer, like wanted to do everything right this time for the the Florida bundle. So like got had to get everything set up with the the charities that are going to be getting the money, and like then getting approval for itch for, and it's just been taking so long, and I I can't imagine the kind of headache that that has been creating for for Rue, but. Oh, I can. Uh, yeah, you could. You know. <laughs> I can. <laughs> yeah. We're, as an indie scene, very reliant on Itch. And Itch is, by and large, a good platform for indie game design. But its flaws starting to m- make me worry about how reliant we are on Itch as a community. And I don't know what to do about that. (laughs) I honestly don't know what to do about it. But I will tell you this. If you're looking at organizing a charity bundle, I have a trick for you. Doctors hate it. (laughs) This one tip. Take your charity. Yeah, you take your charity. You sit them down. You make them sign up for an itch and you make them upload a file. Then you add the file to your bundle and then you assign all the proceeds to that charity. Bang. You don't have to touch the money. You don't have to do itch payouts. You don't have to touch the money. Charity touches all the money. Go straight to them. When you buy Solo But Not Alone, it does not pass through me. I do not see it. I cannot touch it. All proceeds go directly to Jasper's game day because they signed up for an itch. Huh. And, and you just designate that account as the recipient of the proceeds. Yeah, that's all you do. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, it's a piece of cake. It's an absolute piece of cake. It's it's a huge load off my mind. Uh-huh. So, like, is your stress with the bundle largely over then? You just oh, yeah. can sit back and watch it do numbers? Absolutely not. <laughs> I have a ton of promo to do. But <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the part of the process where I freak out has ended, yes. Mm-hmm. Now it's the part of the process where I shout about it a lot. Yeah. And that's – I love that part, to be honest with you. You know, comparatively between the – herding of of indie game designers and dealing with itch i I, this has got to be the most enjoyable part of the process (laughs) i'm slowly getting better at promotions uh it's much easier for me to do it when it's for somebody else absolutely i'm i'm not great at promo to be honest with you but this is this isn't for me Mm -hmm. this is for you know the people who are struggling so yeah I'm I'm very much the same way. Like I I can promote the the hell out of this because you know bundle charity. I yeah. this is for something important. It is. It really is. And 
a lot of the people I talk to about the bundle and a lot of the people I do promo with are people like me who have mental illness and who are maybe in a firmer place now than they have been in the past. Mm-hmm. And so I think there are a lot of people in the TTRPG scene who are just like, you know what? There's a version of me who would have been happy to see this. There's a version of me who would have loved having these games to keep them company on that one night that I'm glad I survived. There's a version of me who would have loved to know about Jasper's game day mm-hmm. because it meant that this there was a community around the thing that I loved that wanted me to be there. And I think that's part of why the community is so, so wonderful about this because there are so many people who have been close to it. And that's, you know what? That's a beautiful thing is the thing. Hey, if you're, hey, listener, if, if you're like me, if you're like me and you maybe like haven't always been super jazzed about living, that's great. That's great though, because now you know what it feels like not to be jazzed about living. And now when you encounter somebody who doesn't feel great about it, you understand. You can reach out to them with understanding and you have a better idea of what to say than people who've never been there. Like the fact that you've been there now that you're here is a wonderful gift that lets you really help people who need it in a way that someone who hasn't been there might not be able to. Like, it's kind of like having emotional antibodies after having survived an illness. <laughs> now that you've been there and your body's built up, well, your mind has built up defenses, that's important and that can be used to heal others. And that's so wonderful. Yeah. Like speaking to those the people who wish something like this was there for them, like now they get to be the thing that is there for somebody who needs it. Yeah, because like platitudes honestly never dented me when I was at my worst. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, life is worth living. I get Ben, I've heard that a million uh-huh. times. Like, yeah, yeah. But we know more than platitudes now. Mm-hmm. And that's, oh, that's wonderful. And that's powerful and beautiful. Listen, the the scene is a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. I'm, is it always a wonderful place to be? Honestly, <laughs> well, you're on, you're on TTRPG Twitter, you know. Yeah. But people are good. People are good. Not, uh, not everyone is good all the time, but there's always somebody good out there. Mm-hmm. And even people who aren't good all the time will often be good when they're needed to be. Mm-hmm. It's something I believe in, something I believe very strongly. I'm just looking over the bundle right now. I'm looking at all these beautiful games. Yeah. Is there anything in particular, anything like you wanted to like shout out? Yes. Oh, yes. Let's see. I recently played Sword Saga, a game about the lifetime of a weapon from the time it's created to the time it stops being used. But yeah, that's my game. Oh, what the heck? <laughs> what the heck? That, that's that's how bad I am at self-promotion. I can't even mention my own game in the bundle. What the heck? How dare you? How dare you? Okay, I recently played it. I had a wonderful time. Um. The reason I picked it up is because uh, the premise was kind of like uh, my game Sacred Forge, in which Uh you play as a blacksmith making an enchanted weapon for a hero. 
And so I was really drawn to this concept because I was like, yes, I'd love more. I'd love more of this from someone else's uh-huh. point of view. So when I played, I rolled a shield or a defensive weapon. So mine was the story of this like decorative shield that was mostly bought because it was pretty, but like circumstances forced its wielder to actually like use it. Uh-huh. And then um, my favorite was the one in which um, I rolled something very fun. Where's my notebook? Let's see. Oh, yeah. In in section three, um, when it was used for something it wasn't supposed to be used for, I rolled that the right item, the right item was broke or lost and the wielder got in trouble. So what I wrote was that the um, the original wielder, the person who bought it as a decorative item, their kid lost their sled and used the shield as a sled instead. Oh, that's delightful. But then they, um, they found out in the end that it, um, it had this like enchantment on it that kept the kids safe during a nasty fall. Oh, and so like somewhere along this line, because it had been used to defend the family, the sort the shield like wanted to protect this kid. Uh huh. And so like the next wielder in the swords in the shield's history was the kid grown up now. Oh, with cool. the shield that had protected them uh, when they were little, and they used it as a sled and got in trouble. That's kind of my favorite chapter of Sword Saga. <laughs> that's that's really neat. Oh, I had fun with that one. I hadn't, I didn't tweet about it yet because when I played it, I was a little inebriated, and I uh-huh. don't always try not to tweet <laughs> inebriated. But I did this time. Yeah. I wanted to hold off, but like definitely play Sword Saga, play the Estate of Ar- Baron Archambault and Ingrate. Delve is inspired by Dwarf Fortress. It's Ooh. a detailed, like underground map dungeoneering game. If you're feeling sentimental, Remembering David is a game about remembering the people you've lost in a positive light. It's a journaling game. Um, I think it's a really beautiful thing to put specifically in this bundle mm-hmm. to, to kind of like keep this notion alive of people being connected and people having love for one another. Um. There's the Mansion in- Incident, a solo survival horror TTRPG. Very good. By the yeah. same person who wrote It's in the Vents. The legendary A Visit to San Sibilia is in this bundle. A solo journaling game while visiting an ever-changing city. So gorgeous. So beautiful. Um, Fat Self-Care Volume 1 is in here by Tabletop Hot Dish. I was one of the contributors to Volume 1 of Fat Self-Care. The basic notion is that you role play as a an overweight person going through their life and not being given shit for it and mm-hmm. not giving themselves shit for it. And there are various, like you choose which scenarios you go through, but they're all written in this way that's kind of like you just enjoy it. Like there's one where you go for a run and you feel good because you're moving your body and there's no mention of what this will do to your weight or what people think about you run. It's like, no, you're having a good time. Mm-hmm. I wrote one about um being on a video call with your friends and not being obsessed with how you look on camera, just being happy to see your friends and your friends being happy to see you. I love fat self-care. It's a gorgeous thing. Dark Jaguar submitted trick or treat Carta. I remember this one. It's a Carta game about going trick or treating and getting the best candy and fighting monsters, but mostly getting candy. <laughs> um, Let's see. Pilgrimage of the Sun Guard is one I've been meaning to play by Amanda P. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Amanda's a good friend of mine. I interviewed them for this podcast a while back. It's such a pretty game. It's so pretty. And the vibe is very like 
grand heroics, which I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, like, the idea of having, like, a knightly code to kind of, like, yes. like help guide your behavior. Like, like these are the things that I will not do in order to maintain my, my honor on this quest. Oh, yeah. Like, it's very, like, Arthurian legend-inspired. I've been working on a game that's kind of in a similar vein, so I really actually am downloading Pilgrimage of the Sun Guard right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Tag Lions submitted a game called OK Cryptid. Yeah. OK Cryptid is one of the games I alluded to when we first went into this, where there, where it's like um, it's not a strictly solo game. It's an, it's a multiplayer game, but you can play solo. So mm-hmm. if you want to play with your friends, play OK Cryptid with your friends. Like. It's a tarot-based game about hunting and maybe smooching a mysterious monster. I love it. Let's see. Gun Cowboy, a journaling game of dead outlaws. I don't know what's not to love about the titled Gun Cowboy. I love it. <laughs> Untitled Moth Game is built on the Breathless system and Carta system. Been meaning to play it. Ooh. Single Samurai by Hypnos is a game that pisses me off. <laughs> Hypnos, if you're listening to this, I mentioned this on the last podcast. I'm going to keep mentioning it every time someone has me on their show. I'm never forgiving you. My friend Hypnos, Twitter Mutual, my friend, made an adaptation of my game, Sacred Forge, and let me find out about it on Twitter. Ooh. Right? Rough Hypnos. Rough, not cool. You should have told me. I would have been cheerleading you the whole time. Yeah. This single samurai is like, it's a seven samurai type story where you're a a wandering samurai and this village is beset by bandits. And so instead of going through the steps to forge a sword like you do in Sacred Forge, you go through steps to fortify this village and prepare them for a bandit attack. It's so good and it's so cool and I'm never forgiving you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so mad. Because an amazing game. I loved uh, the sticker game by Cassie Mothwen. It is a Welcome to Night Vale style, like audio drama. So like you listen to the audio file and you respond to the prompts by putting stickers in your notebook. Oh, nice. And it's oh, it's so fun. It's about this kind of like they they bridged multiple realities with stickers. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But it's just it's so fun. Oh, that's cool. I've been wanting to do something with like pre-recorded audio and like like prompts. That's really cool. I'm glad someone else did it first so I don't have to do oh. it, but I played it and it's so fun. I can't recommend the sticker game enough. Mm-hmm. Speaking of games I've played that I can't recommend enough. Wonderful <laughs> by Cat Scratcher Studio. I love them. They're the ones who wrote Friendly Neighborhood Superhero. I love them. I'm their number one fan. And <laughs> anyone who wants to fight me for that title can get on a plane to Canada. I will do it. <laughs> I will fight you. Wonderfall is a hex crawl role playing game. You're 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 fun little anthropomorphic animal creatures in a shattered world, trying to kind of like reconnect people through solving people's problems and exploring this hex map. Aww. So it's like it's a little OSR in that it's a hex crawl, but it's a little modern in its in its tone and its style. 
It's a yeah. delightful game. Wonderful. And one of the beautiful things that Cat Scratcher Studios loves to do, they did it with Friendly Neighborhood Superhero, they did it with Divinity Fall, is they love to make games where you can build a character and return to that character and gain experience and have campaign play. Oh, cool. By yourself. It's wonderful. I like that for a solo game. I know. That, a lot of them are like one and done. but Exactly. Hmm. But no, these are campaign play solo games that they make. That's why uh, I'm working on a hack of Friendly Neighborhood Superhero. Coincidentally, it's also about a legendary knight. It's going to be called To Swear on Your Honor. Oh, cool. But because I was so, so enamored with the way that you play the same character in these games and you you return to them again and again. Friendly Neighborhood Superhero is the top game in the pile in my depression kit because I can go back and be Jetpack Jeff. <laughs> Let's see. You're sick and it's your fault is a wretched and alone hack exploring the stigma of illness. Which is beautiful. Let's see. I need to play The Wandering Lake because I have been in APs with its writer and Keith is brilliant and witty and absolutely just the most sparkling personality. And the description <laughs> is you are the keeper of the lakes and one of them has gone missing. And I just think that's oh. so cute. I download that Keith. There's Loom by Wuda RPG, which is one of the ones that he's really pushing because it's so dramatic and it's so cool. Hassan Yangdi has Carsonauts in it which I believe you play as a crab and protect the ocean. <laughs> yep, you play as a crab and you protect the ocean. Based on the Dominus system created in the Brazilian TTRPG community. So those are like, and there's so many games in this bundle. I cannot possibly list them all. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that pop out to me. But to be honest, take a look at the spreadsheet because there's going to be some that pop out to you that I did not even mention. Yeah. I think it's funny. You you mentioned a lot of the games that I also pulled that I wanted to highlight. Oh yeah. Uh, some I'll I'll highlight a few. Um, Unnavigatable by K Ramstack, where you are an adult revisiting your Zenga, like your your online blog that you wrote as oh, a teenager, yeah. and just like kind of experiencing the the cringe of like rereading your your old diary entries the pdf of it is beautiful like it, oh. it's so much that like early 2000s aesthetic of like like let's layer all of these like backdrops and stuff and like you can just imagine a, a midi file auto playing in the background honestly that's caden all over because <laughs> like that's that's Caden all over because like <laughs> beautiful and high concept is very much Caden's brand. Um, the other game that I wanted to highlight because I'm I'm very interested in games that are like kind of messing with the idea of like what what RPGs kind of are or like require as mechanics is called Mandrake Society. Where, I just downloaded that one. <laughs> yeah, like you, you're a, a gardener. You're gardening mandrakes, like those little like plants that have roots that look like people. There, there's a lot of folklore associated with them. 
And but like how you like make the mandrakes grow is by like the activities that you do in your real life, like working on a chore grows a certain mandrake, uh, tending to another person grows a mandrake, like listening to to art or music. Because I, I just downloaded it because I'm enchanted by it. But yeah. uh, this is a did you ever play the the Sandy Pug Games game Ego? I have not. Must. Everyone must. Um, Because basically, it's the exact same premise. It's a high fantasy game where it's like you have little goals. And every time you work toward that goal, that's how you like do a strength or you Mm -hmm. do an intelligence. And I wrote a game like that called Manelica, which is kind of, I describe it as a game where the moon is your game master. Uh-huh. And it's based on like what the moon phase is when you accomplish tasks related to your goals. I did not know Sprinting Owl had written a game like that. Yeah. Oh. Like I just l- love the the game is like it, you know, one, it's encouraging self-care, but just sort of being pervasive in your life like that. Like not only like yes. are you relaxing, you're also playing a game. Oh, that's it. That's that. That's cleared up my what I'm going to play next because that's a format of game <laughs> that I'm deeply in love with. And sprint, sprinting out games is uh, just generally helmed by one of the sweetest people in the scene. <laughs> it's like very, uh, very free with itch reviews, writes long, detailed reviews of games, puts together bundles either for charity or just to help designers get more visibility on their work. I'm a huge fan of I'm a huge fan not only of their work because Rod Reel and Fist is beautiful, uh-huh. but also of kind of the things they do in the scene. My cats are literally screaming to be fed right now. So yeah. I think we can uh, start wrapping things up. Absolutely. We do a another round of plugs. Remind everybody where they can find you, where they can find the bundle. It'll be linked to, of course, but maybe yeah. you process audio. Is your your preference for processing information? Easiest way to find the bundle is to go to itch.io and search Solo But Not Alone 3. Um, It is going to be running until the end of March 2023, but it runs every year from January to March. I don't plan on stopping. So if it's the future, look forward to the next one. You can also find it on my Twitter at Catlingun, that's C-A-T-L-I-N-G gun. And I link to it constantly, all the time, because bundle is important. That's also a good place to find my podcasts. Uh, I GM several AP podcasts and uh, my games, which you can also find at peachgardengames.com or peachgardengames.itch.io. Awesome. Yeah, well, thank you again for coming on the show, Kat. I've had the um, most wonderful time. I mean, it looks like the the bundle's doing pretty well for for yeah, itself. We're at fifteen k already. Mm-hmm. It's been a little over a week. I'm so thrilled. Yeah, like I'm just you know the the peak that I I do get from the the analytics as a participant, like you know number steadily going up. Like mm-hmm. I, I think the big thing, like the average donation is. Uh, greater than the ten dollars suggested donation, yes. so people are people are coming out for this thing. Absolutely, they are. And thank you not only for submitting your hard work to this bundle, but also for helping me spread the word. It means a lot. I mean, thank you for mentioning my game. I might not have done it otherwise. 
I <laughs> did not do it on purpose. I just really no. liked the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like Sword Saga. I don't know what to tell you. It was nice. <laughs> Bad at self-promotion, but <laughs> but this this is yeah. your thing, so it's gonna get the good treatment. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't throw stones on that score. I'm the same way. I got no stones here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, no stones for anybody. All right, yeah. So go, go get the bundle. Do it right now. Do it. And hey, 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 listener, hey. Thanks for listening. And and uh, if you're having a bummer time, I'm pulling for you. Okay. This has been Pod of Wonder. You can follow us on Twitter at Pod of Wonder. And you can buy some t-shirts and stickers and stuff at society6.com slash pod of wonder. Danny can be found on Twitter at DannyPlaysRPGs. And you can find the games Danny makes at DannyMakesRPGs.itch.io. Morgan can be found on Twitter at MorganTheFay. Faye spelled F-A-E because I know there's like eight different ways to spell Fay. Mike and Maria aren't on social media, like any good unfathomable cosmic being. Our opening theme is Opening by Komiku. Our closing theme is Music is Divine Inspiration by Johan Vandegrift. See you next time, Wanderers. Wanderers.